Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We are talking about the church because Reformation Boise Conference this year is on the church. Oh, church arise. We are excited. Last-minute preparations are happening. Right. we got Derek Thomas coming and Dr. Joel Beakey. It's going to be a great conference. Um, the The theme of the church, I mean, in, in many respects, this is uh, – I, I would say this is one of our best conferences kind of line, lined up. Uh, we already have close to 500 people registered. And if you end up being the 500th person, we will give you a, uh, uh, a book. When we say we're giving away prizes, what would that mean? We're giving you something that will feed you even beyond the conference. We are excited. I mean, books have been ordered. Food is being planned. The program is not printed yet, but it's all set to be printed. Um, songs are chosen. We're praying for the speakers. They're praying for the effectiveness of, of their messages. Um, we expect we're we're going with great expectation. Yeah, so we're super excited. We don't want you to miss out. Hmm. Um, we think this is a wonderful opportunity of learning, of fellowship, of being able to just acquire wonderful resources to hopefully be refreshed in your spirit. Um, so we're super excited. We want you to participate, um, and it's free. So there's, it's pretty low risk for you. You're giving away a Friday night and a Saturday morning. If it's if it's a bust, that's all you're out. Um, but if it's what you we should at least get some good food, wager with right? them. Yeah. <laughs> but if if it's what we are anticipating, I don't think you're going to feel like you it was a bust. I think you're going to feel entirely blessed. So please go to ReformationBoise.com and register um, so that we know where you're coming, so we can prepare for you and that. Um, we can hopefully just have a wonderful evening and morning together on October 21st and 22nd. While we're talking about, right now we're talking about one of the topics that Derek Thomas is going to be talking about, which is the communion of saints. I did want to just give a little quick moment to plug some books on this. I'm going to just tell you books that I know are going to be on the book table at the conference. Great. So City on Sounds a Hill good. by Phil Riken, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church by Mark Dever, Devoted to God's Church, Sinclair Ferguson. That is a newer one on the church, and I have thoroughly enjoyed that. I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity yeah, to I've read, read that. It. Yeah. What is the Church? It's the little tiny book by R.C. Sproul. The Communion of Saints by Philip Ryken. So those I know are going to be at the table. There are other books that I don't remember, but those I know for sure are going to be there. And and that last book, the Communion of Saints, that's what we've been. Well, that's what we talked about yesterday. That's what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, the very idea that um, believers from across the Treasure Valley and even beyond are going to gather in one spot is a reminder of what we're talking about here: the Communion of Saints. We have this fellowship and this thing in common. And to me, that's one of the. 
the more exciting things about the conference that sometimes you can be plugging away in your own church and you feel a little bit isolated and then all of a sudden you have an event like this and you get together and you say, no, Christ's work is broader yes. and bigger and fuller. <laughs> you kind of feel like yeah. Elijah. It's only me. And, right. <laughs> and, and you need to go to a conference like this that, uh, you know, where you learn that there are many others that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Right. Just yep. like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ that you sometimes look around and this is a topic of the, of the conference. We're not talking about it today, the needed reformation. You look around at the broad church and you get discouraged, and you you look at it and you say, "Well, no, that that you're missing something. You're missing quite a bit." Well, then you get together at this conference and you realize, "Oh, there's a faithful church, and there's mm-hmm. a faithful church, and there's another They're one, and there's another brother one." And sister, and that, yeah, yeah, it's all and, great. And then it's encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all of that to say, go to ReformationBoysGot.com and um, register. Well, it's well, this free. Is what, this is what uh, the Word of God tells us. You know encourage one another as long as it is today you know this is a this is a something that takes place when when the um saints gather together when the people of god gather together um we are aware of the communion of saints we're not really necessarily aware of the communion of saints when we're sitting at home having our devotions alone we're aware of of what god has promised of mm-hmm. of this broad fellowship and family uh, mm-hmm. when we're together. Some have argued that the foundation of true Christian community is the word and worship. So what I want to begin with is, is that true? Would you agree with that assessment that the foundation of true Christian community is the word and worship? Yes. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when we're when we're talking about um, the communion of saints, we have to talk about the thing that we have in common with one another. Uh, we have in common with one another God's word revealed to us. We have in common with one another um, the worship of God. And, and particularly, we're, when we talk about the communion of saints, let's not just say, we're, not, we're not just talking about it on, a, on the earthly level. Hebrews actually tells us that we're joined in worship with the saints above, the saints that have gone before, whose names are written in in heaven. And so what we have in common with them is the word that was given, uh, which will never, you know, mm-hmm. you know, heaven and earth is going to pass away, but God's word is not. So you've got the word that is eternal. So yeah, I would say, yeah, this is the foundation. What else? Um you know everything that we have in common with one another apart from that is going to pass away and i think we'd agree that ultimately it's our union to christ that our communion flows out of but how do we know about christ well it's through his word and the holy spirit applying his word and uh convicting us of the truth of his word and uh, giving us faith to profess the lord as christ and then you know and the, even though we have you know, two different branches represented in this room as far as Christ Church is concerned, the URC and the RPC. Um, and the RPC, although we, we limit what we sing to the Psalms exclusively, yet, you know, as I've, you know, Jonathan, I don't think I've wor- worshipped in your church yet, but I've worshipped in Russ's church and I've worshipped in the, the URC church in Nampa and, and others throughout my life. And there's this common feel to our worship services even though there might be slight variations and so there is a real unity 
that we have in our worship um, as believers. And that, and that's true wherever you might be. You know, when you gather together with believers in Christ, you have a fellowship with us. Um, years ago, had the experience of being in Israel and going to a um, a church on that Sunday morning, um, in which many of the people, because we are pilgrims from all these different nations, um, some of us had to have headphones on to have an interpreter tell us what was being said. You know, there were songs being sung, and we might recognize that tune, and we were singing them together. But there was a, there was a, a distinct feeling that even though you didn't understand linguistically what somebody was saying, you understood their heart, you understood what they were devoted to, and it was just that... Uh, that wondrous experience that we're going to experience when we're when we all get to heaven. <laughs> what a day of rejoicing that's going to be! I mean, this is the experience that we have in the communion of saints with one another. Mm-hmm. So, some people make the case that, basing, I'm just playing off of what Ryan said about this unity that we feel. Some will suggest that that unity means that we shouldn't have denominations, mm-hmm. that we shouldn't have different federations. And oftentimes they'll quote John 17, they'll, talk, they'll quote Ephesians 4 um, to support their position. Are they right? Are they right that if we really, truly believed in the communion of saints, that denominations would fade away and we would all be together under one church? Well, I think, I mean, eventually, you know, when Christ comes, that will be the case. You know, mm-hmm. there will be no denominations. I think it also, you know, our, our various reformed denominations typically have, you know, we call it the inner church committee. You know, there's also a group that we're a part of called NAPARC. You know, there's, there's ecumenical a des- relations, ecumenical they, relations, they, they, a desire yeah. to find more common ground among mm-hmm. us. And I think what's important is that we focus on what does unite us because all the ways that divide us are really kind of the secondary and tertiary things that maybe we we have a different understanding and interpretation of what God's word says, but we're all operating on that same principle, and we all have that union to Christ that we have common. Right, and and we and we never forget that you know while we're sa- we're called saints and we're called to be saints, we're also you know simultaneously the, those saints and sinners, uh, and it's you know there it there the divisions. Um, are there oftentimes to show what the truth is. You know, I mean, the divisions come to clarify the truth. And so, you know, there's, you know, the problem is, is when we, when we're expecting perfection on earth, which isn't promised to us, you know, we are, glorification comes in heaven. Um, You know, sanctification comes on earth where we're becoming more and more like Christ. And so we we should be amongst our churches working toward a more, um, you know, more unity, as you said, in the in the common things that we believe. And there are organizations that have brought this out, you know, over time, you know, whether they're dealing with, uh, you know, the doctrine of scripture or whether they're dealing with missions or where, you know, there is a there is a joining together in those things where you become um, partners together in different aspects. But I think that because of the 
sinfulness of man, expecting everybody to say the same thing with the same accents on the same syllables is expecting too much right now. Mm -hmm. Paul writes in Ephesians 4 that we should be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. I would maintain that that would be difficult to do if you just have one denomination with strong convictions about different interpretations of God's word. Mm-hmm. So if I believe that in covenantal baptism and somebody else believes in creedal baptism and they, they have strong convictions on those, it's going to be really difficult to maintain the bond of peace with very strong sentiments on those conflicting positions. Somebody's right, somebody's wrong. On this side of heaven, we're going to disagree on who's right and who's wrong, but it wouldn't be very beneficial to spend every week gathering together arguing about those positional Mm -hmm. sentiments. And so at the end of the day, denominations can be a gift towards unity in the fact that then those that are like-minded gather together, like-minded, and I don't mean that we're all alike, I'm not saying that we gather because we're all from the same social class or the same ethnic group or the same gender or the same age group. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about those distinctives. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is that we're like-minded in our theological um, viewpoints Mm -hmm. and interpretations. And I actually think, and maybe you guys would disagree, I actually think that leads to the bond of peace. Well, I would agree. I would agree. And I think that that's that's what actually makes fellowship possible, you know, with, with one another. We... Because we have communion with God, because we both want to know the things of God, when we're together, we can focus on, on His revelation toward us and in, in, in our understanding of that. We'll pick this up again tomorrow, and we'll see you then. 